0: The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today.
1: Holly, I I say this because, I mean, we've, we've run the gamut of people that we've, you know, artists, authors, athletes, anybody and everybody when it comes to us being able to sit down and have a conversation about life.
0: And it's exciting when you get to speak with somebody who you've been able to respect throughout the years and has really shaped the way you watch entertainment.
1: Yeah, very much so. So uh, we are very blessed to uh, have the opportunity to chat with uh, Mr. Kirk Cameron, my friend. How are you?
2: How's it going, Johnny? Good to so see far, you, Holly. So <laughs> nice to be with you. Yeah, good
0: to
1: be with you, too. We like to ask the skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go. Kirk, who are you and where did you come from?
2: Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. Well, I, I've always I've 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 been I've been challenged with regard to my identity my whole life because I've been an actor. So I play all of these different parts. Uh, and people call me all sorts of different names, Johnny. I get, I get, hmm. Hey, Mikey, how you doing? <laughs> from Mike Siever back on growing pains. Other people think of me as Buck Williams from Left Behind. Uh, or, um, you know, not, now it's, it's, it's dad. Now it's, it's the right wing conservative, um, super spreader, uh, guy <laughs> and other time. Yeah. So who else? You know what? <clears throat> when I lay my head down on my pillow at the end of the day, evening. Um, I say, God, you made me. I want to be faithful first to you next to my wife and then to my children and then everybody else. Hmm. And that's where my identity is rooted. By the way, guys, I never even wanted to be an actor. I mean, I don't know if you know that, but I wanted to grow up and be a doctor when I was a kid. I wanted to be like Ben Carson. I wanted to be a surgeon. I love biology. I love science. I'm super analytical in the way I think Hmm. about things. I was not the kind of flaky Hollywood actor bouncing around between parts and identities, looking to make a million dollars and get a, a Golden Globe award. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be a doctor. So were your
0: parents disappointed? Oh, he chose film. No.
2: No. <laughs> no. And, and we weren't a Hollywood family. My dad is a school teacher. So he taught mathematics and physical education. And, uh, my mom has been a stay at home mom and, and, and then she eventually became a talent agent when we got into acting, me and my sister Candace. So, oh. uh, that just sort of fell into our lap and it, it was nothing that we planned, but it's something that turned out to be something more exciting, I think, than, uh, we could have imagined.
0: What a blessing to have your mom as your talent agent because now the stories are coming out about young actors in Hollywood. Uh, you have yeah. an amazing team around you to protect you guys navigating, as you say, the flakiness of the active world in Hollywood.
2: That's right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm living out here in California. This is the land of loose nuts and bolts. Uh And, you know, as far as me being this this nice guy, this good guy, this man of faith, I'm an actor. I could be faking the whole thing. <laughs> so you you, you you don't even know I'm. I'm very grateful for my friends and family and those who have been guiding stars in my life to help uh, point me in the right direction.
1: It's interesting though, because you see your career in Growing Pains, you see your sister's career in Full House. I'm not saying that there was competition, but
2: w- was Johnny, there You oper- like my sister better than you like me, don't you? <laughs> I think actually, you're a bigger I... Full House fan than you are a Growing Pains fan. I can see it.
1: No, nah, actually, I was a bigger fan of probably your brother-in-law because of big hockey guy so really right Man, that's awesome
2: yeah val so val and his brother what was his brother's name the russian pa- rocket pavel pavel they, they had like you know motor motor power on their skates they were so fast and doing all this great stuff uh, i was never a big hockey fan but um you know i've had to learn a little bit more and and val's a For great sure. guy so i'll have to tell him that you're a big fan of his
1: When it comes to you guys, though, as growing up, was there a fight for the remote as to we were watching Growing Pains or we were watching Full House or was there never that competition?
2: You know, I've probably watched about three episodes of Growing Pains in my whole life Mm -hmm. and even fewer Full House episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And one of them I was in. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We never watched it. I, I was working all the time when I was on growing pains. I was also working on Tuesday nights or Thursday nights, whenever the show was actually airing. So I didn't watch it. And the truth is uh, I don't even have the box set of DVDs here at my house of growing pains. We have six mm. children. And when we raised them, we didn't want our kids growing up thinking that mommy and daddy are famous and special and, and all of that. We raised our kids on, on I love Lucy. Hmm. DVDs and um, Little House on the Prairie and yes. the Brady Bunch and, <laughs> and and all kinds of other great shows like that.
0: I must say, whenever I come home now and no one's home and I expect them to be home, Left Behind scarred me because <laughs> now I'm like, Literally. I've been <laughs> left behind. The, oh, the no. raptures <laughs> happened and I didn't go. That's
2: right. <laughs> and, and you're looking for piles of clothes uh, just left yes. in a heap on the floor. <laughs> yes. You're wondering if like, right, you're looking for accidents on the news. Did yeah. planes crash? Yeah, right. pretty much.
0: But you said you wanted to be in the, the medical field, yet you ended up in the world of acting in Hollywood. Um, for you, how did that transition happen from leaving, you know, the ideas behind of being a doctor mm-hmm. to going into the entertainment world?
2: Well, as a kid, I think those were my my dreams were to to be a surgeon, to be a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember in science class, I had one of those uh, one of those models of the Invisible Man. You ever seen mm-hmm. that? Where it's like the the whole everything's exploded open, and you get to paint the blue veins and the red yeah. arteries and all of the organs. And I was like, this is what I want to do with my whole life. But by the time I was nine years old, I started working in the entertainment industry. Uh, my mom took me down and, and auditioned me in front of an agent who said, Hey, let's give Kirk a chance. I started booking all these commercials for McDonald's and 409 cleaner, stuff like that. When I was 14, I started working on growing pains and you know, I, I didn't want to act, but I was, I made friends. I was making money. Uh, school was easier because I got to go for three hours on the set of growing pains rather than seven or eight hours at mm-hmm. my public school. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was 19, I met my wife. I got married. And I had a career that had significantly um, succeeded and I was on my way. And I thought, wow, does it really make sense now that I'm 22 years old to sort of ditch this, go back to college and then medical school? And be- I thought, no, uh, I clearly um, God has a different
1: route for me to go. And so let's just see where it leads. Where did the faith side of things come in for you and your family?
2: I was a professing atheist until I was 18 years old. We did not go to church. I think my mom went to church and she believed in Jesus and um, loved God when she was a little girl, but that didn't translate into family life with us at, at home. And it wasn't until I was about 18 that somebody invited me on a date and this girl said, well, why don't you just meet me uh, Sunday morning at church? Okay, okay. I'm not a church guy, but I'm an actor. I could fake it. And so I showed up. I I hid in the back row with my baseball cap, sort of, you know, tried to like duck out from the crowds. And I heard this message that captured my attention. It pricked my conscience and got me thinking about larger issues. Like what happens after you die? Where where, where do you go when you step out of here? Uh, Is this really all the result of an un Guided, undirected explosion billions of years ago. And through the magic of the environment and time, we get things like bumblebees that, uh, you know, fly around and make honey. And we have flowers and sunsets and human beings and all of the marvelous, beautiful things in the universe and down to the, the microscopic level, uh, with no designer and n- no programmer to put all of the information in the DNA. I thought maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this guy in church has something to teach me. And so I remember praying in my sports car parked on the side of the road that God, if you're hearing me, would you please show me the truth about all of this and make me the person that I'm supposed to be? And that led to me um, telling a friend about that uh, that encounter and uh, nothing weird or mystical happened, except I became more and more curious. and as I read through the Bible and began going to church, uh, I became convinced that the gospel was what I needed and Jesus is who he said he was. And I wanted to become a um, a Christian. That was the beginning of my faith story. And I couldn't have proved any of it to you. I couldn't have explained how Noah got all those animals on the ark. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you how old the earth is, but I knew that something had changed in terms of my, my disposition, my attitude and I felt as though I was no longer the God of my my own little mini kingdom as Mike Siever on Growing Pains, but I was a creature, teeny tiny, in the presence of a creator who spans the universe with the palm of his hand. And I wanted to learn.
0: Around that time, is that when you made the decision to shift your acting career from mainstream to more faith-based?
2: You know, I never made a conscience shift to do that. It, it wasn't like I went, hey, let's get out of uh big mainstream Hollywood movies and TV shows and let's go into this more niche market. It was simply that I was excited to do things that lined up with the passions of my heart. So just like if if someone had a passion to tell of the horrors of the Holocaust, uh, they go and they make Schindler's List, it may not be like you're just trying to get into Jewish films – or trying to get into, you know, historical uh, narratives, but it's something that you love. And so you go for it. So for me, um, I found myself attracted to movies that had a strong faith message and fireproof was certainly one of those, um, other documentaries that I had a, a chance to make. Even now I, I continue to do that simply because it's, it's where my heart leads me. And culturally, I think we need to get back to the values that lead to human flourishing. And I think that those are always going to be rated rooted in a genuine love for God and um, a compassionate love for people.
1: You look at you being a, a childhood actor, you look at you, your wife and you guys didn't want to have your kids, you know, you're, you're showing them. I love Lucy at some point. They've come to realize that, Oh, mom and dad are maybe a little bit famous. Do you deter them from doing the acting thing when it comes to them growing up? To be honest,
2: if you were to ask me, what would I desire my kids to get into professionally uh, acting wouldn't have been on the top of the list. Although I see great purpose and I have deep gratitude that I'm an actor and I get to do the things that I'm doing. I want to shepherd that responsibility well. And if my kids want to get into that too, I'd certainly be there to support and help with that. However, that was not something that any of them were really interested in. Hmm. So Uh, I never really had to deal with, with that option too much. I've got kids who are very talented. Um, you know, my, my son is a, he is a video producer and I've got a daughter who loves to sing and she's a performer, but the acting thing was really not something that they ever really expressed a lot of interest in. I have one, I have one son who is interested in acting. He's, he's, he's kind of a little mini me. He's sort of a, um, a little Mike Siever. And so he's got a little bit of that showman in him. And um, who knows this, this, this could be a future for him, but we'll have to wait and see
1: coming up uh, September the ninth uh, life. Mark is is set to hit theaters based on a true story. Is it difficult as an actor to act somebody who, where it actually happened, where this is true life events.
2: That's always a unique challenge. And, and that's lots of fun because uh, you, you have, you have a target. I need to be like Jimmy Scotten in this movie. And so I got to meet Jimmy, and uh, we had special effects that would actually de-age me t- to a younger version of him and then age me beyond my own years huh. to look like him. Come I had to, my posture was different. My speech was different. My clothes were different. So in a sense, you might think, well, it takes a little bit of the creativity out of it because you don't get to sort of make up the character that you're playing. Uh, you're trying to copy somebody else, but that's a unique challenge too. And the closer you get, the better. I, I-, I really liked it. I-, I-, I loved it. And what was really cool was to see them watch the movie and mm. say, wow, that was really like me or like my dad or like my son. You guys did a great job. Uh, way to go. And you know what's really cool? In the movie Life Mark, we have some secret actors in the film that are playing secret roles. So when you watch the movie, some of the people who you see in the film are actually being played by the real life characters mm. that the movie is about.
0: Wow. Some little nuggets that we get to little look out nugget, for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, oh,
0: incredible. <laughs> How was it working with the Kendrick Brothers? Because I know for kind of taking a look at faith films, uh, rewind to when I was younger, it was you who was really trailblazing in that area of creating films that I was actually even allowed to watch. Um, and now that part, or the faith films industry, if you will, has grown. And now teaming with the Kendrick Brothers, what was it like working with them and seeing their approach to creating films the way? They
2: create them. So we've been buddies for, for a long time. So it's been 10, 12 years since we made Fireproof. And, uh, we had so much fun working on that, that I've, I've, I've always anticipated the next film we'll get to do together. So Life Mark is now the first time we've worked together on a movie since mm-hmm. Fireproof. Yeah, And it's been a while. <laughs> they're so much fun. One of the things that I love about the Kendricks is that they're the real deal. They're true blue. Uh, they're not just guys who make movies about inspiring, encouraging, and powerful topics they are inspiring and encouraging and powerful people. They really strive to live out the ideals that they put up in their films. Uh, you're not disappointed with them as human beings which is sadly often the case when you meet actors, producers, television, artists, whatever, right? You have this impression of them because of what you see on the screen and you love their music or their movies and you meet the person. You're like, oh no, I wish I hadn't met you. You were my hero. You were just, (laughs) I looked up to you and you just biffed, you know, right? This was terrible. Like they should just keep you behind the camera. But that's not the case with the Kendricks. These guys just continue to improve. And so to be able to produce a film together with them was a learning experience for me. The atmosphere on the set, it's therapeutic and life-changing. It's Mm -hmm. not just about getting the final product done. People cancel other projects and take vacation time just to be able to work on a Kendrick film because it helps their marriage. It improves their relationship with their children. It strengthens their faith. It's kind of like a working retreat. I I can't explain to you because of the way that they structure their day and appreciate people. I've learned a lot from them. I'm a little biased, but I think this is the best Kendrick movie yet.
1: Hmm.
0: Better than Fireproof?
2: I think it's better than Fireproof.
0: <laughs> Bold statement.
1: <laughs> because we've talked with them in the past, and we said that, you know, you look at where movies have where they were to where they are now. It's, it's good to see that, you know, Christian movies, faith-based films are, you know, becoming better and better and better. And it's not that cheesiness maybe that it, that it used to be.
2: Oh, and there was some serious cheesiness. There still is some ser- serious cheesiness, Johnny. You're being kind. Um, <laughs> um, and that's the way things work, right? We, we start, we begin. There's got to be trailblazers. There's people who've got to go out there and do what others haven't done. And when you have people who are committed politically or committed uh, against things of faith for whatever reason, maybe they don't want the backlash. Maybe it doesn't reflect their personal values. And therefore, the talent and the money doesn't get invested there. Uh, you've got to start out with those um who are doing it and not embarrassed to try mm-hmm. and when they see that there is a market all of a sudden people will begin to invest and that's what happens in the music industry in the film industry in the space industry in the technology industry you've got to try and mm-hmm. once you um you know you break through that barrier once you begin to blaze that trail others begin to follow and uh, it's always hardest for the first ones but whether it's christian filmmaking or whether it's Something that's fresh on my mind. I just released a documentary about the homeschooling movement. Yeah. Thirty yeah. years ago, that was crazy, right? Thirty years yeah. ago, who homeschools their kids? Yeah. Uh, you, what do you, you you like? You have to have like a uh, you live. You probably live on a farm. You own your own cow and you churn your own butter. If you homeschool, well, uh, now thirty years later, because of the trailblazers, it's done so much better. We have so much technology involved. So much money and skill has enhance the homeschool experience that we have millions of families in urban settings, rural settings, mm-hmm. uh, online classes, a, a, a vast amount of curriculum. And it is, in my opinion, a far better experience than you could possibly get at 99.9% of the public schools out there for your kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, God bless those who who get things started and and also those who make it better. I'm
1: glad that you brought it up though because you, you look at a at a movie where you're an actor and you know a life mark and adoption but then you look at documentaries where you're able to dive into things uh, a lot more like the homeschooling do you appreciate doing documentaries a little more because you can go a little more in depth I think I do personally
2: I think that if you know if you were to if you were to like you know chart me on an enneagram or uh whatever those <laughs> yes. other profiles are, I don't know. I, they, they, people tell me. I think they tell me, my daughter tells me I'm a six. Okay. I don't even know what that is. Oh. Uh, what, what yeah. is it? I'm a two. Holly, you know what a six is. You're a two. I can tell you, you're an enneagram.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I uh, am. I'm, I'm a newbie. <laughs> Just starting.
2: Okay. And so, what, what's the what's the, what's the number of the person who says I don't fit in any of these? Pre-constructed personality boxes you all have created for me. What's that number? You're a ten. Four hundred, and we you're, have both. You're ten. I don't know. I like to teach. I love to learn. I'm incurably curious, and when I learn something important, I want to share it with other people. I I, I feel compelled to explain stuff. Yeah. Um, which is really annoying for my kids. <laughs> and. <laughs> My wife's in the background now. She's saying, you sure do. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad is a teacher. My grandparents were teachers. Mm. So um, I like documentaries because it gives an opportunity to look deeper into a topic mm. and then share it. And I try to do it in, the, in, a, in a fun, entertaining, compelling way.
0: Yeah, and I think too, with Life Mark, uh, it's coming out again on the ninth. you are diving into some of those conversations that people are looking for more information on and, you know, reconciliation, faith. I know family is a huge part of, you know, what's important to you. And this is very pro-family. Uh, were these uh, themes that you were just really wanting to share more about with within this film or are they just a part of your regular day-to-day life and it just came out naturally?
2: Okay, so Life Mark is the movie we're talking about. And this is not a documentary. Life <laughs> Mark is a narrative film. Yes. And it's based on a true story. And uh, the story is of an 18-year-old girl who finds herself with an unplanned pregnancy. She changes her mind on the abortion table, chooses to give life to her child, but hides the fact that she was pregnant from her parents mm. for nine months by moving in with her boyfriend. And when she places him for adoption fees, she thinks it's probably the last time she'll ever see him. Mm-hmm. 19 years later, she's contacted by her son. She thinks that he probably wants to tell her how much he hates her guts and ask why he was abandoned. The truth is the opposite is the case. Young David wants to come meet his mother and thank her for choosing life and giving him this great family. Mm-hmm. And uh, because this is a true story, we have the real documented footage of them. Reuniting after 19 years. And it is a story that celebrates the value of life in the womb and the beauty of adoption. Uh, like you said, Holly, it is pro-abundant life. It's pro-love, pro-family, pro-forgiveness, pro-reconciliation, and new beginnings. Uh, and it's and, and the the timing of this movie is so unbelievable. Uh, I mean, who would have ever thought? That in our lifetime, Roe versus Wade would be gone. Yeah. And then providentially, a movie so close on the heels of the Supreme Court decision
1: Mm.
2: is coming into theaters to celebrate the preciousness of life.
0: It felt like it was planned. Like when I saw that that was a movie that was coming out, I'm like, did they do this on purpose and how?
2: I I think it was planned, (laughs) just not by us. We made this movie two and a half years ago and the release was delayed due to COVID. It's too perfect to not see providence in it.
0: Well, this is the Why Me Project podcast. And so we'd like to ask our guest that's very, you know, another skill testing question about why mm. me moments, because life is a journey. We've got those ups, we've got those downs and somehow we keep trekking along. So for you, is there a standout moment that you can share?
2: You know, I, I've been, I've been thinking about this during our whole interview and <laughs> you know, I, I, I almost feel a little uncomfortable. Answering it because I'm I'm looking for a why me moment that uh, describes my despair. Why me? Why, why did this have to happen to me? Some bad thing. And to be honest with you, um, for whatever reason, I've experienced the loss of a very good friend, uh, family members. Um, but for the most part, m- my life has been filled with health and blessing so I guess what I want to say is why me tends to be a description of my sense of gratitude for things. Why did I, why me on growing pains? Why, why me, you know, why, why my sister, why, how, how in the world? And what are the chances that two kids growing up in the same family would be on hit sitcoms in, in the 1980s and nineties? I mean, that's just a fluke. Why, why us? Um, I tend to think, When I read the Bible, it, to whom much is given, much is required. And so I think, well, perhaps there's something required and I want to, I want to live up to that expectation as someone who's been a role model for kids who watched growing pains and the other projects that I had a chance to be a part of. I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be faithful to my wife. I want to be a dad who stays and loves and uh, does life together with his kids. Uh, I want to be about good things. I want to do the right thing over the long haul. I want to fight the good fight. I want to finish the race. I want to hear well done. The The other thing I, I, I think is some people ask, Kirk, um, why the beard? Why you? Why did you grow a beard? And you know, I didn't always have one of these things, but someone said to me once, Kirk, we have words for people who don't have beards, women and children. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, I said, that's, 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 uh, you're calling me out. And so, you know, I tried it. My wife liked it. And, um, I, now, now I feel this obligation, uh, to grow a beard for all of the men out there, Mm uh, who cannot grow beards. Johnny and I have taken it upon ourselves to grow the most majestic beards Mm -hmm. possible. And we will, we will wear them as long as our wives let us.
0: Hmm, beautiful.
1: Oh. <laughs> Life Mark in theaters coming up September 9th lifemarkmovie.com at Kirk Cameron official on the Insta, my friend. Appreciate you uh, taking some time into being able to uh, share your heart.
2: Thanks, Johnny. Great to talk to you, Holly. God yes. bless you guys. Keep up the great work.
0: Um, I was serious. I still have panic attacks if I show up in my <laughs> home and no one's there. <laughs>
1: you've been left behind i wonder if he's actually ever heard something like that before because i felt like you took him (laughs) off guard but then he's like yeah no i definitely i could see that happening
0: (laughs) calling my husband in a panic are you guys still (laughs) Earthside?
1: do i look like i was a full house guy over a growing pains guy
0: um i don't want to say anything but yeah
1: i was pro stephanie judith tanner
0: I was going to say, I think Stephanie was your favorite.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably. She was my age. (laughs) Still is.
0: Oh, goodness. I'm so Uh, glad that we had a chance to speak with Kirk Cameron today as he has been a part of, for me, my entertainment viewing for uh, you a good couple of years now. And just to see um, him take a stance in uh, just like just because he's living out his truth and uh, his love for God, and how it demonstrates or how it is demonstrated in, in all the work that he does.
1: And, and we hear about, quote unquote, Hollywood. And, you know, that's so Hollywood. And the fact that he is like, you know, we had this faith, or I had this faith, and I was in Hollywood, and we we're trying to make a change. And I mean, even now him and his sister being able to have a voice, and mm. it's, it's quite incredible. It really is just to see the growth of uh, them as actors, but also as, as people in front of the camera.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, an incredible story, just his own personal story. Maybe one day there will be a Kirk Cameron, the real story coming out. I don't know. But for now, we've got Life Mark and I'm excited to see uh, his work in front of the camera and what he and the Kendrick brothers were doing behind the camera as well.
1: In theaters, September the 9th. Thank you for downloading Apple Podcasts, Spotify, checking it out on places like Edify, anywhere where you get your podcasting. We appreciate you so much.
0: Absolutely. And don't forget, you can also go to faithstrongtoday.com.